Thank you for listening to this podcast brought to you by Baylife Church Port Stevens. We hope you find this message challenges and inspires you in your daily Christian walk. For more information, visit www.baylifechurch.org.au. We uh, took up an offering for the Philippines money last week and uh, I think we raised $1,900. So, so well done. So give yourselves a clap. Very good. Uh, it's not too late to continue to give that if you want to. Um, we're hoping for around about the $2,000 mark, so just to pay for the food for the Philippines, and, and so we're well on our way there. Um, for in a few weeks' time, we take off, which Easter's a couple of weeks' time as well. It's, uh, it's all creeping up very quickly. Um, how many? 11 days. Yikes. <laughs> 10 days. Heck. <laughs> bit of organising to do between now and then. Um, what else have I got here? Oh yeah, you, you already heard about Youth 120 on Friday night. I actually let them use the hall, uh, the, the auditorium. I usually make them use the hall and I thought, they're only going to have 50 kids in here and you know, they're going to feel so swallowed up in this place. I want to go back there. 120 kids? My goodness. And, and the place was immaculate when I came in because don't worry, I was looking with very sharp eyes, just checking out what was going on, what was broken, where, where the holes were, and, uh, and I couldn't find any holes unless they're well camouflaged. Um, so well done. Here, give them a clap. So we have got amazing momentum in youth at the moment. So, so the, the team are doing great. If you haven't got somewhere that you're serving that you find is your, your, your place that you want to be a part of, whether you're an adult or a young person, it doesn't matter. Support these guys. What we're doing in this region is significant, you know, and uh, uh, there's programs going on in the schools during the week and, and um, you know, th- th- there's a great momentum at youth on Friday nights and there's small groups happening all over the week everywhere and, uh, you know, it's just fantastic to see that. So, so if you're looking for somewhere to get involved, couldn't tell you a better place to be involved in youth. I know Chris will absolutely... Use you. <laughs> Love you. Okay. Um, you know, this year's Thrive. Yeah, our, our word for this year's Thrive, as it has been for the last couple of years. And, but this year, it's, it's more of a focus on multiplication. And there's a scripture I read a few years ago, and I thought, I have to preach this in the church. But I wasn't really sure how to preach it, to be truthful. And because my series stopped, and I'm away in the Philippines in a few weeks' time, this, I've just got a one-off. And I thought, well, here's the chance, Greg. Come on get together and, and, and preach this message. And uh, my week has just been all over the place. Um, and so I just feel like I haven't prepared as well as I'd like, and yet I know the Spirit of God will lead us in this process as well. And, and it's called the sow of the seed in the soil, this particular message. And, um, uh, you know, oh, that's right, that's what I wanted to say. Beck Ken, that was amazing. That was such a great offering word. What, what, I don't know about you, but I get stunned with the quality of our young people. I really do. You know, um, to have the depth of understanding and be able to articulate that uh, is, is amazing. So, uh, so well done, Beck, and, and thank you so much for bringing that. I know it's, it's daunting. So, uh, I know it is daunting when you appear on the, the roster and go, <gasps> offering word? How are we going to do that? 
Um, but this morning, I, I, I want to challenge you with a few questions to start this, this message with. Um, and they're, they're big questions. And, uh, and basically, I have got a screen for this. Um, see if you can answer these questions. If the gospel is the power of God, why doesn't everybody that hears the gospel become a Christian? If the Bible is the word of God, why doesn't the Bible have the same effect on everyone who reads it? If Jesus is the Son of God, why doesn't everyone believe in Jesus? What, what's the go there? What, what is that all about? And I'm hoping in the process of this morning, you'll be able to answer those three questions. I'm, I'm praying that's the case. You know, I remember hearing John Laws say this on radio. I've read the Bible cover to cover, made no difference at all to me. You go, well, how do I respond to that? You know, um, and the parable we're going to look at today, I'm, I'm sure will help us to answer those questions. It's one of the most well-known parables in the Bible. It's known as the parable of the sower, but I think it's probably more appropriately be called the parable of the soils. Um, and I've read this parable over and over and over again, asking God to show me those principles of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, you know, what does that mean? What, what does that mean for me personally? What does that mean for our church? And, and as I said, it's a passage I've wanted to preach from for a while, but I just didn't feel like I was in the right space to preach it. I didn't really have a full revelation or understanding. And I think a revelation understanding continues to grow throughout our life. So you never have a complete understanding of this stuff. Um, but it just got my attention because particularly this year, as, as Thrive is our, our, our vision and, and it's about multiplication and this, this particular uh, passage talks about multiplication and, and, and we all have, this is what I really loved about, that we all have this amazing, the same amazing potential in God through his word for that multiplication to be evident in our lives. It talks about the fruit and the abundance outworked through our lives and yet so often we don't seem to see that so outworked. Um, we don't actually always see that abundance and that multiplication and uh, it gets held back somehow. And, and I'm praying that this morning, this word, it's a, it's a, there's a lot of scripture here. I'm not apologizing for it, I'm just preparing you for it. You know, there's a lot of scripture here this morning. So, so stay with me. I've got screens for some of it. Um, get your Bibles open, Matthew 13. Get yourself ready, prepared to, to, to take in what the word is saying to us this morning. You know, it's the same parable in Mark 4 and, and, and Luke 8, but I'm going to use Matthew 13, verses 1 to 23 here this morning. So get yourself ready. Actually, in fact, I might even pray before I just get into the Word. Father God, I pray that your Word this morning is so sharp, God, that you bring to our, to our eyes, to our ears, to our, our, um, our spirits, our souls, God, all that you want to say to us this morning, Lord. I pray you bring revelation for each and every one of us. God, we don't want to walk out of this place the same. We want to be changed and transformed by the renewing of our mind, Lord. And I pray your word this morning will be sharp and that it will do that in us, God. It will, will get us to be more like you, to be closer to you, to be drawn to you, you know, to, to, to lean into you here this morning. And I pray that in your precious name, in the name of Jesus. You know, I had this thought during church. And, and this is not to have a go at people at the back, by the way. But I thought, if we want to be lean into God, why wouldn't we be down the front? I just, just saw the kids and the, and the youth and, and, and all the, the, the guys down the front. I thought, why wouldn't you want to be down the front? I, I remember talking to Lisa 
King, who is now married, called Lisa, Lisa Huxley. And uh, she's not here this morning, I don't think. But she, she, um, she got saved here last year and she's very timid and, and very quiet. And she sat up the back row for about six or nine months. And, uh, and so, look, I'm not saying this to make you people at the back feel bad, by the way. Okay? I'm not saying that at all. Need more seats out of front. All I'm saying is, guess what? We can lean into that. And I remember talking to Lisa last week. She said, I've moved from the back to the front. I've graduated. And I went, it's not really like that. She said, no, no. She said, I stayed at the back because I was a bit timid. She said, I want to be down the front. She said, it is amazing down here. You just, you just get a sense of more of what God's doing. Now, you know, I don't want to have fights on Sunday morning for seats in the front row or anything like that. I'm not saying that at all. Although I'd like to see that, actually. That'd be good. But, but, um, but you know what? I just think we've got to lean into God. You know, we, we draw near to him and he draws near, near to us. And I think sometimes we can um, hold back through the physical distance. And I know we're not a huge church. I'm, I'm not saying that you know, it's not acres of land between the front and the back. But, uh, but just, just try and come in closer on a Sunday morning, huh? Because um, I just think it, it might help you I don't know, it might help you worship, it might help you draw near to God, it might help you in the process. And, and if you want to sit in the back, please, sit in the back. No dramas at all. But just consider that. I just thought I'd say that as I was pray that prayer just reminded me of what I was thinking during the service, start of service. Okay, Matthew 13, verse 1. That same day Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into the boat and sat in it, while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed, and as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came along and ate it up. Some fell on the rocky places where, he, where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But then the sun came up, and the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop a hundred or sixty or thirty times what it was sown. That's the first sort of passage of it so, so let's transfer in the next part and I tried to leave some of this out and I went I can't but it's just all significant verse 9 he who has ears let him hear the disciples came to him and asked why do you speak to the people in parables he replied the knowledge of the secrets of the heaven the kingdom of heaven has been given to you but not to them whoever has will be given more and he will have an abundance whoever does not have even what he has will be taken from him this is why I speak to them in parables. Those seeing they do not see, though hearing they do not hear or understand, in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. He's quoting Isaiah there. You'll be ever hearing but never understanding. You'll ever seeing but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become callous. They hardly hear with their ears and they have closed their eyes because they might see with, uh, otherwise they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts and turn. And I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. For I tell you the truth, many prophets and righteous men long to see what you see but did not see it and to hear what you hear but did not hear it. So that's the, that trans, the middle section there. Then this is the last part where it explains what the parable means. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anybody hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The one who received that seed 
fell on rocky places, the man who hears the word at once receives it with joy, but since he has no root, it lasts only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, he quickly falls away. The one who received the seed that fell along the, among the thorns is the man who hears the word, but the worries of his life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke it, making it unfruitful. But the one who received the seed that fell on good soil is the man who hears the word and understands it. He produces a crop yielding 160, 30 times what was sown. So this is a significant parable. This Of the, the 37 parables that Jesus told, in his, the stories basically he told in his ministry, he only interprets about three. He only tells the meaning of about three out of those, those parables to his disciples. And, and clearly this is one of the ones he wants us to understand what's it all about. He doesn't want us to miss the meaning of this, the significance of this. And, and in this parable there's three components, just three components. You know, there's the farmer or the sower, there's the seed, and there's the soil. And in your Bible, I encourage you, just underline where those are because there's only three components in this story. And the sower, the seed, and the soil. And I just want to sort of identify what each of those represent right at the beginning so we don't get confused because there's a lot here this morning. The sower is a representation of Jesus Christ, but also because of our salvation because our decision to follow Christ, to have Jesus in our heart, it's for you and me as well, as his disciples, as Christians. The seed is the scripture, the word of God, you know, the good news of Jesus Christ. And, and the soil is our hearts. It's our soul, if you like. It's, our, it's, it's that within us that, that, that affects us in so many levels. And how do I know that? Well, Jesus tells us, Luke eight eleven. Jesus says, the seed is the word of God. We need to understand why Jesus would compare the word of God to seed. Because here's the deal. Seed is productive. It has this amazing potential when it dies to produce abundance, to multiply, to, to, to produce a harvest. There's a multiplication, compounding multiplication that goes on. And every seed that was sown by the sower had this potential to produce much more seed. And this parable shows this. It shows it so clearly. One seed had the potential to multiply itself 3,000%, 6,000%, and 10,000%. That's what 30, 60, 100-fold increase is about. And of those of you that have had farms or been on a farm or seen in a market garden or, or done that even in your backyard, you've seen this principle in action. You, know, you, you plant one corn seed, and all of a sudden... This thing, this big plant grows up, and there's all these ears of corn coming off, and there's hundreds of seeds that comes because of that. Fresh seeds. And that seed has this potential to reproduce itself many, many times over. You know, if you'd been out to uh, Greg Kent's oyster hatchery, um, Greg's not with us this morning, but, but one oyster can produce millions of these baby seed oysters called spat. And, and basically, um, but it has to have the right conditions, you know. And there was many experiments with that for Greg in the early days, and he lost lots of these these baby uh, oysters. But but once the conditions are right, there's these heaps and millions of these seeds. And, and the God's word has this very 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 same potential to produce fruit in our lives, in us, 
as his children. You know, 1 Peter 1.23 says this, For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. Now, a seed can't plant itself. It needs a sower, okay? The parable in the, in the parable of the farmer is Christ, but also Christ in us, so it's you and me as well. And that's what God has called every single Christian to do, to be a seed sower. Psalm 126 verse 6 says this, He who goes out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with him. And the great command, one of the last things Jesus told his disciples on this earth, you know, Matthew 28 uh, verses 19 to 20, go into all the world, make disciples of them, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. Surely I am with you to the very end of the age. Sow the seed, be a sower of seed in your life. And know this, the farmer, the sower in this parable goes out to the field with intention of raising a crop, of producing a harvest. He expects to reap a profit because of what he is sowing. We should have that same expectation, that same expectancy, I think is a better word. But the real focus of the parable is not on the sower and not on the seed, it's on the soil. And uh, even the best sower and the best seed won't produce a harvest unless the soil is good. Now, the soil, we've called it our, our heart. That, that, that's what I'm talking about this morning. Jesus says in verse 19 in, in this parable, when anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This parable is really about the condition of our hearts. You know, and I know in this church, in just in the room this size, there'd be so many different people at so many different levels, understandings, um, positions in life, pressures in life, stresses, uh, hassles, uh, chaos, trauma, drama, all those things going on, you know. And, and can I tell you, the main thing we have to do is to keep our hearts soft. Don't allow your heart to get hard. It won't do you any good. In the long run, it won't do you any good. You, 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 you won't reap the crop that, that Jesus wants us to reap in our lives. You know, it's all about keeping this soft. How do we do that? And that's what this whole parable is about. You know, about the different seed that's sown, the same seed sown, the same sower sowing, but it's actually how we receive the seed. And for us personally and as us as a church, to see the multiplication that Jesus talks about here, our hearts have got to be the good soil, ready for the word to be sown and surrendered to what God has to say to us. You know, too often we're, we're not really listening to God because we're busy and, and we're distracted and we've got stuff going on and, and our hearts aren't soft to what God wants to say. We're not ready to hear his word. We, we somehow just allow the shell of our heart to become hardened. We never really take the time to understand what he's actually saying to each one of us. And, and that word understand in, in that parable, the Greek word, the basis of that word is that it engages our, our, our five senses. It engages all of us, our eyes, our ears, our touch, our, our smell, our, our feel, like the whole, it's all, and, and our understanding is our heart knowledge. We have to keep working at keeping the, the soil of our hearts soft. 
you know, I know it's just too easy in the busyness of life, in the distractions of life, to just let our hearts get hardened. I know it from personal experience, can I tell you. There's just times when you seem to read God's word and it just is like, just, they're just dry words. When you just, you, you want to get in God's presence, but, but you don't really because I'm really not that interested. You know, God, you just can't, look, that's not the way we're meant to live, live our lives. Our lives have been meant to live as the good soil. I've got a little, um, it's a funny little video uh, just, just put that up. It's, it's got a song and it's got an illustrator that's done a real good job at that. It might just represent what a hard heart looks like. Just show that up. It's a funny little video, but I'll tell you what, it's pretty accurate. When we get hurt and pained in our lives, the heart can get hardened if we're not really, really, really careful about that. I feel like I could finish right now. You know, when we look back at Matthew 12, the, the chapter before where this parable is told, Jesus says these words in verse 34. For out of the overflow of my heart, the mouth speaks. The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him, and the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. And you see, it's so easy to let our heart get hardened in the, nat- in the normal things in life. Just... People, they offend us, they, they rub us the wrong way, we, we get upset because we get ignored, we, we uh, feel like we're being pushed too hard. Every, every different dimension of that, we, we get, it's got that much potential to be hardened. And, 
And, and this is one of the types of the hearts that Jesus talks about here, you know, in, in this parable. Um, now, get the thing here. It's pretty clear Jesus is addressing the condition of the people's hearts he's talking to, but also because of the condition of our hearts here this morning as well. And uh, so I just want to have a look at that. It's, it's talking about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. And in the, the following uh, verses, it talks about the kingdom of heaven six times after that. So seven times in this one chapter, it's talking about the kingdom of heaven. And I'm suggesting to you this morning that if we are really going to inhabit the praises of our God, if we are really going to inhabit the kingdom of God in our lives, we have to proactively get a soft heart. We cannot... We cannot live a Christian life with a hard heart. And, and I'm, I'm going to show you a few different types of heart here this morning. And, and I, I had even the question as I was preparing this, is this the unchurched or is this the church? I don't think he's even designated between those two. I think he's saying this to all people. To all people. Where is your heart right now? And the first type of heart, there are these four types of hearts, and I probably lost you there because I've flicked around a little bit, Aiden, but, but back onto the first point. The hardened, trampled upon heart. The heart, and we're talking about the soil of that. You know, this is the path beside where the field or the garden, where all the travellers and the workers walk on, and as a result, it becomes pressed down and hard and compacted and very hard to penetrate. You know, not even the weeds grow there. Nothing grows there. Nothing gets in. It's the hardened heart, hardened by continually being trodden down or may become hard through pride or insecurity or arrogance or, or, or hurt or pain. And in that state, it can't receive the word of God. God just can't get through to us if we've got a hard heart. And see, this person can be hurt deeply at one time and now the walls have gone up and no one gets in. No one gets in, not even God. And it's so easy to, to harden our heart against God's word. It's so easy to get cynical and sceptical and, 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 and think negative about things in our life. It, it is. It just, it's just that way. It's, it's easy. But Hebrews 4 uh, verses 7 says this, Today, if you hear my, his voice, do not harden your hearts. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. And see, when our hearts are hard, the enemy so easily snatches away, snatches away the seed because it never has had a chance to penetrate into our hearts. It's never been able to take root and we're such an easy target. Romans ten seventeen: Faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word of Christ. Got to have a soft heart to allow the seed, the word of God to go in. It takes a lot of work, a lot of plowing, you know, to plow with grace and love, acceptance, forgiveness and, 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 and prayer and, and, and all those sorts of things to soften that sort of ground so one day it will receive the seed. And, and you see, here's a challenge of a different type. We can get blasé as sowers of the seed. We can think, well, my job is to sow. So I'm just going to sow everywhere and throw it all around the place. And, and I just think there's a responsibility as a sower of the seed as Christians, as disciples of Christ, we have this responsibility on behalf of, of the great sower to prepare the soil that we're sowing into. And uh, we, we just can't expect to sow with the same effectiveness everywhere. We have to take time to help prepare God's people's hearts for God's word. 
and, and the harder the soil, the longer it's going to take. But there's no greater privilege, no greater honor than actually doing that. You know, I don't know if you've led someone in that, that's accepted Jesus in their heart. And, you know, for, probably for me, one of my most special ones was probably our son. You know, as a, as a young teenager, he was in church, came on a mission trip with me. Um, he was doing well as far as we're concerned, and then just something happened. He got offended, or, or I don't know what happened in the process. But, but he just got, I don't want to be here anymore, I don't want to be in church anymore, and, and it was down in Macquarie. And, uh, and in the end, we had to actually release him, because we went, okay, we've got to keep relationship here. We've got to actually... At some stage, we can't just make him go to a church and, and have attitude and, and all that sort of stuff. We actually have, at some stage, to keep relationship because it was actually severing our relationship with him. We had to actually release him. Now, I didn't want to do that. It's the last thing I wanted to do. But I wanted to make sure he knew he was more important to me than church as a pastor. And uh, anyway, many, many, many years went past. Lots of pr- years of prayer, of sowing, of plowing, of of unconditional love, of grace, of, of God's love, acceptance, forgiveness, of, of all those things over many, many years. And I can probably think it would have been about eight or nine years, I think, somewhere in that sort of vicinity, and uh, until the time that I could actually baptize him, water baptize him here at Fisherman's Bay, down the road at Fisherman's Bay, where he accepted Jesus into his heart. And it was a radical salvation. It wasn't just a, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. It was a radical salvation. And his life changed dramatically from that point forward. And, you know, and, and, and I can tell you, it took a lot of plowing. <laughs> that, that path was hard. That soil was hard. It was tough soil. And he was a very intelligent kid. And so he, could, he had an answer for everything. He was well-read. He, 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 it was just difficult to get to. And uh, it took a lot of plowing, a lot of prayer, a lot of cultivating, I guess, uh, to, to get that place. But, but here's a principle. I just want to give you a quick principle in, in, out of God's Word that, that helps us understand what this could look like. In Luke 10, uh, Jesus sends his disciples out of towns, into the towns everywhere. He goes, go on, get out of here, go and preach the gospel. But he says, this is what you are to do. And it can help soften hardened hearts uh, of people to us and, and to God, I mean. You know, the first thing it says, bless them. Pray for them, serve them, and you earn the right to share the gospel with them. So, so hear me here. We've got to bless them. We've got to be generous beyond what is normal or natural. Show them God's love, God's compassion, God's acceptance, God's forgiveness. You know, get, bless them big time. You know, help them out. Do something that is, is not normal. You know, um, if it's your next door neighbor or family member or, or someone you've just met, go out of your way. Bless them big time. Serve them. Serve them with any, without any expectation that they're going to be able to pay you back or do anything in return for you. Serve them out of the love of Christ. Go beyond what is normal and natural. Pray for them. Are you praying for your family and your friends that don't know Christ right now? You know, your next door neighbor, the people you meet, the, the people at work, the, at school, in sporting groups. You know, pray for them to come to know Christ at some stage. So bless them. Serve them. Uh, pray for them. That's what we've got to be doing. And then we earn the right to share the gospel with them, to share the love of Christ with them. You know, you've been praying and you've been plowing the ground with prayer and you're praying for those opportunities to become evident. And then we have to become bold in sharing God's word. 
You've actually got to get really bold. And, and, and it has to come out of relationship. You know, if we, if we get bold with someone that doesn't know us, guess what? They're just going to go, go away. I don't want anything to do with you. You're, you're a lunatic, you know? We've got to build relationship with people. You know, bless them, serve them, pray for them, get in their lives. And then you earn the right, the foundation to share the gospel, to actually be bold and go, you know what? You know why I do this? Because of God's love for me. It's out of that overflow. You know, and you start to tell them about Jesus. And, and, and you know, there may be, there's always different things that have to be considered in that process, whether it's an event, a church, in your home, you know, whatever it is, just do whatever you can in the process to build that relationship and build that trust and that foundation that you can share that. Okay, second point, the rocky shallow heart. This is the rocky places, the rocky soil. And on, on the, in this ground, it looks good on the surface, okay? Particularly in Jerusalem, apparently, there, there's like a couple of inches of good soil, then there's this limestone sort of rocky stuff underneath. And it looks the same on the top. It's only when you dig down an inch or two, you find that the, the roots couldn't get through that. They just couldn't possibly get through that. And it, it won't, doesn't take a lot of heat to cause it to wilt. In fact, I read something that said because of that limestone uh, underneath, the sun uh, warms that up so that the seeds germinate really quickly, but actually the same heat will actually dry them out and make them wilt and die off in the process. And, and, and so that sort of person grows really quickly. They receive the word with joy, as quickly wilts off and, and, and steps back when the pressure comes on. And, and this, this person hasn't dealt with the obstacles in their heart and uh, that keeps them growing close to God and to others. And, and here's the thing. They want the above ground stuff, but without the below ground work. They want the above ground stuff without the below ground work. We have to work at this stuff, you know. You have to keep watering and adding to and breaking up the, ro- the rock in order for the root- roots to go deeper. And, and I'm sure we've all observed these sorts of people in our lives. You know, I have too many, unfortunately, where they've made a, a decision for Christ and they seem like they're full on for God and they've got joy and they're going on and it's, it's awesome and, yeah, love God and, yeah, love church and, you know, I'm into it. And then one little thing will happen. Someone will get offended or, or someone will say something and they're gone. And you go, what was that all about? How can that, like, if you're committed to Jesus, committed to God, you just don't allow one thing to stop your, your walk. My goodness, get over yourself. And, and, and it's so, so tough to, to try and get some perspective on that. And that's why we, we love when, when people get connected relationally because it's the, actually the, often the relationships will help people come through that stuff. It'll often be there as they start to get empowered and, and equipped and, and whether it's through our next steps um, groups that help people get a greater understanding of the word, it starts to break down the rocks so the roots can get down deeper. You know, And, and I was trying to think of an example from my, from my own life where um, you know, I had this, this whim. I wanted to do something and, and it looked really good fun and and I can think of a few, but, but one of the things that I, I can think of is, is windsurfing. When windsurfing was all the rage. And uh, I remember having one go on someone else went, oh, this is good fun. I, I, you know, I'm a natural footer. I went out with the, the wind and, and then couldn't quite work out how to get back in. But, uh, uh, but someone came and got me and dragged me back. I thought, I'm going to get my own. I'm going to get really good at this. Fought one, 
used it a couple of times. Didn't really like it. You know, and, and I remember that thing sitting in our shed in our backyard for many, many years. And I keep looking at it and going, I should have a go on that one day. You know how the excitement of the thing when you first buy it, and there's like, fantastic, I'm going to really, really do this a lot. And all of a sudden it loses its joy. It, I don't want to be a part of that anymore. You know, that's what this is like. That, that's what that, that whole shallow heart thing is all about. Okay, the third point. The busy, crowded heart. The thorny heart. And the thorny ground is a ground infested by other seeds, seeds of plants and weeds that are good for nothing, but they still compete with the good plants and the good seeds. And it's a heart filled with competitors. We might even call them idols. The Bible calls them idols. And there's only so much space, and so the wrong things can take the nourishment needed for the seed to continue to grow. And the weeds grow, and the good stuff doesn't. And the thorns choke out and starve the rest. And, And you know what? That ground looks exactly the same as the good soil. We can't see those seeds. Here's the thing, isn't it? When we get saved, it's like we just wipe out all those, those thorny plants in our lives. Go, okay, fresh start, brand new start, going for it, God. And then all those, those thorny seeds start to germinate in our lives and they start to, to start to come up again. And you go, hang on, what's this about? I'm a Christian, I'm supposed to have the perfect life now. It's not like that. We all have troubles. We just will. We'll all have troubles from time to time. And we just have to work out how to get through those troubles. Um, you know, that we, we talked of recently something about the emotionally healthy spirituality and, and the stages of uh, faith we have. And uh, I just want to touch on that just quickly this morning. Um, they're like these walls to our faith. There's like these walls we come up against and whether it's, you know, whatever it is, marriage breakups, deaths, bankruptcy, they can be small things too, but they're usually the big things in our life that, that really interrupt our walk with God and our growth in God. And, 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 and this stage comes up and it actually usually walk, goes hand in hand with the, the fourth stage, you know, an inward journey. We have to actually get go through this wall. We actually have to work out what that wall is all about to actually go through it. And, uh, um, you know, and we identify some things in that process uh, that stop us from producing abundant crop, really. And, and, and these block us from growing spiritually, emotionally, you know, the denial, minimizing, blaming others, blaming yourself, rationalizing, intellectualizing, distracting, becoming hostile. And you, you, you meet people like this, they just, they'll do anything to distract you from what's going on. And, and they're the big behavioural things. But you know what? They're small things that may not look like thorns in our life. They may not look like seeds of thorns. And they may seem harmless. But maybe we do need to identify some of those in our lives because often they'll choke out the Word of God in our lives. Things like food, food, shopping, television, internet, social media, clothes, control, lying, gossiping, manipulation, withdrawing. Now it's control through withdrawing, being contentious, exploding, anger, slander, sarcasm, fantasy, greed, sex. You know, they're the things that we, they're not all bad things for all people. But I'm telling you, if they are something you convert back to in the hard times, if they're that, that, that thorny seed that just starts to sprout every time you come into tough situations, you know, I heard a story 
it's uh, I won't tell it. Um, but, but there are instances where, where, you know, people just revert back to what they've known in their past. And even though they're Christians, even they're going on for God, even though they are done Bible college and been pastors and, and all sorts of stuff, they revert back to some reason and the thorny seed starts to germinate and all of a sudden they go back to the thing they used to rely on. And I just think it's part of this whole hard-hearted thing in us. You know, and somehow we go back to those things. What do you trust in really when the tough times come? What do you rely on? What do you default to? What does that look like? Is it God? Is, is it the word of God? Is it the seeds of God that's sown into your life? Or is it something else? Is it a thorny seed? Because it'll choke out the word of God, I'm telling you, it will. And there, there, I read this this week too in the process of preparing for this. There are only four types of people in the world. I went, well, that's got my attention. What are they? First says, I, not Christ. So this group includes Buddhists and, and Hindus and agnostics and atheists and they deny Christ, the existence of Christ, completely. You know? and, and you don't know all my story, all of you, but I, I've been there. You know, I consider myself an atheist in my teenage years. I went, this, this guy's just a crutch. It's not real. Like, seriously, get over it. You know? and, and, and I've been there. I know what that's like. The second says, I and Christ. These will let Christ be like an insurance policy to keep them out of hell. And uh, they won't take, want to change anything in their lives. And to be truthful, um, you know, many of us have started here, I think, with our walk with God. It's, it's like putting our big toe in the water and say, oh, now I'm washed. I'm washed clean. You know, we, 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 we just, it just can't happen that way, you know. And, and it doesn't make any difference at all in our lives. And, and the real problem is if we think we're Christians and we stay there, that's when the real problem happens. We don't move forward. The third group is Christ and I. Listen to this. These are generally the most miserable Christians. I want you to hear this. These are generally the most miserable Christians. They most often have tried to ignore and deny those thorns in their life. They want Christ to be Lord of their lives through the word of God, the good seed in their lives. But if he doesn't respond as they want him to respond, if he doesn't do it when, he, when they think he should do it, if he doesn't do it the way they want it to do it, they default back to the thorns. And I've actually got a, a, a quick video just to demonstrate this as well. I just thought I need to have some visual stuff in here this morning because there's lots of dry scripture in this process, but have a look at this. Jesus, I have decided to give you this. Really? Yeah. You know whoever sits here makes all the decisions, right? I know, and I'm always making decisions, but you make the perfect decisions, so you just sit right down and start making them. Wow, I'm honored. I mean, this feels great. Kathleen, guess what? I just got my new credit card. It's time to go shopping. Oh, really? I thought your husband and you were going to pay off debt. Oh, yeah. I mean, money's kind of tight, but I figured he doesn't have to know about it. So do you want to oh. go with me? No. <laughs> no? Why? Uh, what I mean is, uh, I don't know. Um, oh. So let me check my schedule, and then I'll get back to you. Okay, yeah, give me a call. Okay. <laughs> Kat, what's going on? What do you mean? Well, I'm kind of one cheek in it here. Look, I just want to make sure we're on the same page. You wanted me to sit here, right? Well, of course. And whoever sits here makes all the decisions? Right. So what's the problem? Uh, there's not a problem. I just, I don't know what I was thinking. Really, please, here, sit down. As long as you're sure. I'm sure. Okay, so 
Let's start over. Okay. All right. Cat, I noticed that you've been losing your temper a lot lately. Right. So, okay, Jesus, you know what? I know what you're going to say, but um, you, do? you don't know the whole situation, you know? Oh. Well, all I'm saying is that your attitude is a decision. Yes, of course, but I have a lot going on right now. Well, I know you're under a lot of pressure. Pressure? Jesus, you don't understand pressure, okay? This I isn't working, Kat. What? We can't both sit on the seat. It's either me or it's you. Okay, I know. You know, I, just, I didn't think it was going to be this hard, but here, just take it. No, I'm not going to take it. You have to give it to me. Okay, here. Kathleen, make a choice. I can't. You just did. Challenging, isn't it? Oh. We, uh, we do want to live a Christian life. We do want to put God on the throne in our lives. We want him to, uh, we want to live our lives a godly way. And yet so often in the process of it, we tend to want to take back that control. Um, I thought it was an interesting uh, example of that. The fourth kind of person, just want to go back to that screen, says, Christ, not I. Christ, not I. Having learned the secret of dependence and trust upon Christ alone, they enter into the rest of Jesus, the peace of Jesus, and they cast all their fears and anxieties on him. They are the good soil. Truthfully, you don't become the good soil by a fluke. It takes some work and preparation. It takes a lot of work and preparation. It takes consistently of keeping our heart soft before God, dealing with those thorns as they come up, dealing with those seeds. And so the fourth point here this morning, the cultivated broken heart, the good soil that Jesus is talking about, you know, that gets that 160, 30-fold increase. It's free of weeds and rocks. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And this is the heart of a person who's become broken up until there's no obstacles in their hearts to keep them from growing, of moving forward. Are we surrendered to God? Do we truly trust in God, his word, his promises for us? You know, are we allowing the water of the word to, to water our, our, our lives? You know, are we allowing the son, the son of Jesus Christ to, to, to really shine into our circumstances? Are we allowing the, the, the Holy Spirit's described as a breeze, as a, a light breeze and a wind in the Bible. Are we allowing that to be working in our lives as a result? Because when you do, we start to reproduce. We become the good soil. We start to, uh, start to become abundant, fruit, abundantly fruitful in our lives. And we experience exceptional growth, exceptional levels of growth that, that nourish our hearts. And this gets outworked in that multiplication. And so I'm just about finished. But I just want to challenge you with some stuff this morning. As the band comes, have you allowed the, of your hearts to become hardened? Have you allowed your hearts to become hardened? Have you allowed them to become shallow? Have you allowed them to become crowded and starved in your spiritual life? Are you nourishing your heart? Are you keeping your heart soft? Are you experiencing more of brokenness and openness? Are you in relationship where you can be transparent and authentic? You know, are you, have you got those sorts of relationships? Have you got that relationship with God? Have you got that relationship in your prayer time? You know, are you growing spiritually and emotionally? Are you growing in that part of your life? And if not, what are you doing about it? Come on, Christians. Come on, disciples of Jesus. 
Let's get it right. Let's be the good soil of Jesus Christ. Let's see that multiplication in our lives and the lives of those around us. Come on. Let's get serious about this thing. Come on. Let's get in the word of God. Let it get into us. You know, let it be, let it be absorbed into, our, into the, our, our good soil. Get our hearts right before God so we can actually get what God wants us to, to hear and then start to outwork in our lives and see that multiplication in our lives. You know, some of you just got to identify those thorns. Sometimes we've got to get people to help us identify those thorns. Get the help if you need. Don't be prideful about this. Seriously, just, just do whatever it takes. Deal with those thorns. You know, because I, I know here this morning, there's no one here in church that doesn't want to be the good soil. I know you, every single one of us wants that for our lives. We want to be this sort of person. The man who hears the word and understands it, he produced a crop yielding 160, 30 times what was sown. And we want to hear these words at the end of our lives. Well done, good and faithful servant. I know every, every single person here will want to hear those words spoken over their lives when it's all said and done. And sometimes it starts with something as basic as dealing with the hardness of our hearts. Identifying and weeding out those things that distract us and choke out the word of God in our lives. Allowing the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us to be the sort of Christian that Jesus was talking about as the good soil. Let's stand to our feet this morning and let pray. Let's pray. Father God, we, we thank you, Lord, for your word. God, we thank you that... Jesus, you gave us so many examples and parables and understandings of the way we're meant to live our lives, God. And Father, this year, 2014, for us as Bay Life Church, you know, we're in a, a season of Thrive, but God, I pray this morning you challenge each and every one of us, Lord, to examine our hearts, to really examine our hearts, to see what thorns are in there, to see if we become shallow, to see if we become hard-hearted, in our journey, somehow just in the, the process of life that just we've covered up and, and we've put shell, shells over the top and, and just protected ourselves, God. But we're not going to grow like that. Father, I pray this morning you crack off that shell. You crack off what you need to do to, to break through that, that rock in between, to, to, to allow us to, 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 to examine those thorns in our lives, God to be the sort of Christian, to be the sort of disciple, the son of Jesus, the, the children of God that you would want us to be in our community and in our world in this church. God, I pray, Lord, you are breaking our hearts right now. God, I for one recognize that I can allow my heart to get hard from time to time, that I can get shallow from time to time, that I can allow those thorns to start to grow up in amongst the good seed, the word of God. If that's you this morning, I just want you with me. Just put up your hand and just recognize that in your life. I don't care whether you do it or not. It's up to you. But, but if you want to, just put up your hand. I just want to pray a prayer right now. God, you know who we are. 
God, you you know what we need. Father, help us examine our hearts in these coming days. Lord, I pray that your word is like like a mountain stream that just floods over us, God, that just brings revelation and and understanding. And, And we listen to the small, still voice of your Holy Spirit. We hear your word and we obey, we, we respond to that, God. That we can be that sort of people, God. That we, we only need a whisper and we respond to you. Father, let us be a church like that. Let us be a church like that, God. Thank you, Jesus. And just one other person I want to talk to this morning. If you're here, maybe for the first time, maybe you've been here lots of times, it doesn't really matter. But you've never responded to Jesus. You've sort of had an intellectual understanding of it, but now you understand maybe it's about your heart. It's beyond a natural understanding, it's about our heart. And for you this morning, this might be the first time you've done this. You might have done this before, but you feel like you've fallen away. If that's you this morning, here's an opportunity to get right before God. Get your life right in God. And I want you just to put up your hand really quickly, and I'll, I'll look at you and say, fantastic. If that's you this morning, just stick up your hand quickly before we move on. I'm not going to dwell here very long. If that's you, stick up your hand, and I'll pray for you at the end of the service. Cool. That's cool. Awesome. Father, give us soft hearts. Give us soft hearts to your word, to the promptings of your spirit, to your words, Jesus. We love you, God. We love you, God. Help us break down those walls that may be holding us back from living the life that you want us to live. But we see that multiplication in our lives. Pray that in Jesus' precious name. Thanks for listening to the message today brought to you by Baylife Church. We hope the message leaves you feeling challenged and inspired to live out your Christian walk. Please tune in again for next week's message.